0: Hey, this is Bob in the Don't Die Podcast, brought to you by Ohana Fest down in Dana Point. And brought to you by Live Nation, bringing you concerts all over the world. It all begins with getting off drugs, people. Let's go out and live life. Get sober, get the right treatment for you, and stop dying. Stop dying, Chuck, for crying out loud. We're back <laughs> oh. again
1: yes we are oh my gosh these are just coming out fast and furious
0: i got a i got a complaint today so i said well we're doing one tonight i'll make sure to focus on it i love complaints
2: yeah you can't complaint. really
0: complain to me all that much because i'm not on social media but i was actually talking to a person on the telephone and they said hey in real you life talking about yeah 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 what talking to the? them not texting what talking Wow. And he said, Hey, you haven't been talking about drugs very much lately. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, they slipped our <laughs> mind. <laughs> we got we got all carried away in Eddie Vedderland for a while. We got to get back to our main message, Chuck, which is not not to stop taking drugs, just to be careful and stop dying. That's our message. Yeah. Very perfect. different than very different than most recovery shows. Most recovery shows are very much about the stopping taking drugs, Chuck. We take it to a whole nother level, a more
2: realistic street level. Just don't die. It was hard, Bob, because like for a couple of weeks there, we didn't see anybody die. At the Ohana family, we didn't nothing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I just went oh. to a funeral today. Oh, uh, my God. You
0: had to ruin everything.
1: <laughs> I, I did. Remember, my? I was talking about the my counter in The, the, died, counsel,
0: the counselor died a,
1: kid died a few weeks ago. It was three weeks ago. And so, yeah, if, Go yeah his uh his funeral was today and I, I went back to work for the first time in uh 10 days because i got a a negative test finally oh great you're and feeling good so i went to work this morning at nine thirty and at twelve thirty i told my boss hey i've worked for three hours i gotta go to a funeral oh, <laughs> i worked God. every three hours in a week and a
0: half let me ask you let me ask you something uh Do you want your funeral four weeks after you die? I want mine right up, butt next to when I die, so everybody's still sad. What was it like four weeks later? Yeah. When did he die? Was it weird? Were you able to conjure up the feelings? Or I would think that four weeks after you died, I never heard of such a thing. I want my funeral like five days after, so everybody's (laughs) crying. Well, you know they used to have to rush them through like that but when
1: you when you're cremated, even though it was the first time I've ever seen anybody cremated put in a coffin and lowered into the ground.
0: what's the point of that?
1: I don't know it was it the whole thing was just like it was an, it was surreal because a lot of people were just talking about the disease and I talked to some people like I talked to one of the guys who was actually there when they found him and he goes, man it was. Tar on the uh, on the um, foil. It, it wasn't straight fentanyl, so it was a cut. It was totally cut tar. Oh, God, and so and, sad. Uh, and and another guy who said he he was going down Beach Boulevard with Darren. A couple of weeks before he died, and Darren pointed to the the graveyard, the one on Westminster on Beach yeah, Boulevard, yeah. Westminster. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, right before and, the and, freeway.
1: Yeah, it, and Darren pointed to it and goes, "I got a spot in there. My mom bought me a spot in there and a oh coffin." Oh my and, god! And, and
0: then, then he was then, in there a month later, yeah,
1: or two. Aye, two aye,
2: yeah, aye, two, two weeks months after later. that he died. Two weeks after that he died, and then. To answer Bob's question, that's why they cremate them and put them in because they could put a whole family in in a little tiny plot. You know, you Oh can my list. God. This is Did I ever
0: tell the story on 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 here about my mom's funeral? Because where they thought the people who were doing the funeral thought I was super rich or something? Did, did I tell that yeah.
2: story? <laughs> <laughs> it was like, what? You know, you <laughs> only told it once or twice, so you might as well get it in another time. Well,
0: no. Like there's all different coffins and like rich people get like $20,000 coffins. What's the point of that? And like, you know, and then there's, and there's every variation I think. Like, and my thing was, and then there's this, this like 99 cent store version where you actually have the, 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 whatever the funeral with a really nice casket that you kind of are just leasing for those couple of hours. And then they take the body out of that and put it in like a well, wooden coffin that only costs like a thousand to twelve hundred bucks or something. Mm. <laughs> like, and the reason yeah. why I like to talk about the because death is an actual physical kind of weird mechanized thing. And when our, us addicts say, Well, I don't care if I die, I like to make it more concrete. Well, somebody's gonna discover your body. And you're gonna mm-hmm. maybe have vomit coming out of your mouth. I know you'll smell like poop and pee, and it's a really gross thing to see, and it's shocking. And so whoever finds you, there is, is going to be traumatized for weeks and months and years afterwards. Oh, yeah, and if absolutely. it's your mother, and if it's your mother, her life is over. Yeah. That's what I told my nephew, and he actually did die in my sister's house, and. To be concrete about what it is that you're that you're flirting with right because in the old days at cry help they used to do this thing where if you were resistant or you were full of shit, like often i and my friends were i never had to do it but my friend chris chris hoy had to do it um chris hoy i think we've had on the show haven't we we have not no oh uh, we should have chris hoy on hollywood so hoy. Chris hoy was in cry help and they Make you dig your grave with a table with a teaspoon, right? Like with a teaspoon. <laughs> what? So that's like three, community three, feet stuff. wide. Yeah, three feet wide, six feet long, <laughs> three feet deep, and you're just out there for weeks digging your own grave.
2: Really? <laughs> oh my God, yeah. you gotta be fucking joking. Chuck here.
0: knows. Chuck knows it.
2: It's <laughs> a therapeutic. therapeutic commu- that's, community, what that's what rehab used
0: to be. Now rehab is. Now rehab is we rub your tummy and ask if you want a massage. It used to be you dug your
2: duck your grave
0: Dude, with a. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Us,
2: tell it, Chuck, It's though. real. That was a real thing in yeah, rehab. Yeah,
1: or cutting the lawn with scissors. Um really are you, you fucking kidding you, yeah, me? Yes, I, I I know what, this stuff I no help.
2: fucking wonder I never went <laughs> Christ, man. When I yeah, when I heard yeah. they shaved your head at Cry Help, I was like, fuck that, I ain't going, I'll just quit. Fuck that. <laughs> That's scared <laughs> straight. That I'll Mike, just quit.
0: scared straight <laughs> by some
2: shears. Yeah, I'm gonna <laughs> cut my hair, and no, I'll stop. I'll stop smoking. That is ah. archaic as a lot of the same.
0: So, were you emotional at the funeral because you were really emotional, Chuck, when it happened? But, but a month later, you, like, what was it like? Was it weird and distant, or what? You know,
1: it was the first time I've ever gotten up and spoken at a funeral, and oh, I didn't wow. want. I, I didn't want to. I just was sitting there, and there was a break And the, the, There was one guy that talked. First, there was like his wife and, of course, the the priest that tried to put, you know, if you ever want to see Darren again, then love Jesus because that's where he is. Oh,
0: that's perfect.
1: And then then his wife spoke and got real and just about, you know, this disease and, you know, how life was going well for Darren and he just wanted it to be a little bit better. Thought he'd throw some heroin on top of things going well. And this is where it went, you know, so it, it turned into this other guy. Talked And I just felt myself get up there, man. It was just one of those things where I said, you know, I thought this guy was going to be in my life for a long time. It's just, you know, some people just ease into your world and they're comfortable. And it's just like, you feel like you've known them forever. And it's just one of those easy friendships. And there was no bullshit. There was no putting on airs. We just got along. We could sit and not talk and it was comfortable. And I only knew him for a few months. You know, so it's just one of those things where I just wanted to let people know that, and you know, and say, you know, because they were talking about, I just hope he knew he loved. And I said, that man was amazingly caring and loving. And that tells me that he, he was raised that way. You know, so it's right. just like to try and bring some comfort to the, the family. And, and it just, you know, it was weird to, because I don't like talking in front of people, much less in front of people as something so heavy. You know, well, you don't know.
0: Are, you don't want to ma- say the wrong thing. It's so it's so nerve wracking. I swore. I, like, <laughs> yeah, you don't want to swear. <laughs> I said the shit word and the fuck word. And oh, f word at a funeral? No. Ah, uh, yeah. Oh, I'm probably getting bad Twitter reviews right now, John.
1: But it but it was it was a feeling. It wasn't just uh swearing for the sake of swearing. You know. Uh, so it wasn't like I right I, I try to do better when i'm what in was certain the family, situations
0: was it, what was the parents like they must have been devastated
1: well his his dad is mia his dad hasn't been part of his life and that was one thing he wasn't able to put back together his mom died in 2012 oh you're so, kidding of what uh I don't know how she passed. He didn't. That's he didn't want to talk young. about that. He
0: was only how old? Thirty two. He,
1: he no, no. He was. He was close to my age. She was fifty one. Oh, you're kidding! No, we had a ton of friends in common. He just started being a counselor at fifty one years old. He just started. He just started working at our place as a. Uh, he oh, wasn't but even he was a counselor, a counselor. He was- before. He had had been around this tree before. Yeah, he's one of those guys where it's just like, you know... I misunderstood. I thought he was a
0: client at Wavelength who went to school and then became a counselor. Oh. That's
1: what I thought. We have a a lot of those, but those people seem to stay sober when they get in it.
0: Yeah, because they got so much school debt, they got to live to pay it back. (laughs) 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 So, so it's just the the concreteness of death is what young people don't understand. I understood it. I, you know, I never wanted to die until my music career was over. Really? Like, I remember as a kid, (laughs) you know, being suicidal, but all the time, it seems like I was held in check from like 19 to like 31. There was, you know, where, where I just felt like the life was great and I was doing what I wanted to do. And it seemed to be going in the right direction and everything was cool. Um, There's a new kind of of pessimism and, and I see it everywhere. I, you know, when you talk to people, I was talking to Elvis the other day and um, we were, we were playing baseball and, you know, and he's still got this thing where Sid gets to do more than him or whatever. And I said, I, I say the same thing. She's a five-year-old little girl. Like, you, you know, whatever. Let her hit again. What's the big deal? She struck out. Well, let her hit again. Well, she shouldn't be able to just cry and get her win. I said, sure, she should. She's five years old. Like, we'll deal with that at like eight. You know what I mean? Like, and when, when is the time, Mikey, started telling your daughters like, yeah, no, nobody gives a fuck. Stop crying. That's not at five. That's like at eight yeah that seems about right yeah Yeah. so elba's just uh pushing that you know she struck out so she just because she cries she shouldn't get to hit again and i said well i'm the dad and i'm in charge and she's gonna hit again (laughs) (laughs) and and just suck it up buttercup because there's always going
1: to be someone with more power than you (laughs) but he hit
0: so many home runs like we have our house set up like if it goes out into the into the neighbor's yard. It's a home run. He hit so many home runs and he was doing so good. And we're having so much fun. We were out there for like two hours. And then I had to drive him home because he has school in the morning. And he was like, this sucks. This is the worst. I said, Elvis, we just had the greatest, funnest weekend. We just played baseball for two hours. You haven't been on your phone and playing Dark Souls all weekend. It was the greatest time. But the, the society we live in latches onto the negative, I'm telling you, mm-hmm. and social media teaches that. You don't look at happy things and blissful things and successful things. You look at negative things and, and anomalies and and sarcasm and mean-spiritedness and people falling down on their skateboard. It's just we reinforce negativity in the society, and, and, and then we wonder why everything's so negative right? It's reinforced constantly and that people don't care whether they live or die. It's just such a foreign world to me. Like Gloria Scott said, when I was on a suicide watch, I was in a, I was in a mental hospital for like two weeks. I really did try to kill myself and it didn't work. And, you know, and then they of course put you away. And then I was pretty, I, I didn't, my mood or my affect did not clear Chuck. It did not uh, clear yeah, up yeah, once yeah. they once they put me on the old psych hospital. I was just flat. I was really in a bad place. And Gloria came mm-hmm. and visited me and said, you know, if you really want to die, Bob, there's no stopping you. There's lots of bridges, there's lots of buildings, there's lots of guns, there's lots of traffic. She listed like the ways you can kill yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice. <laughs> right. Nobody's gonna be able to stop you. They can hold you here for maybe another two weeks, but you're of sound mind and whatever. And she said, "But if you don't, if you if you just if you want to die because you don't like what your life is like, you can change your life. If you really want to die, you're going to die. You're going to kill yourself. But if you Mm want to kill yourself because your life sucks, you can change your life. Great, that's great. It was the most profound thing. And I I don't think we're telling people that." I think we're telling people everything sucks all the time and people are awful and the world is ending and the world is ugly and racist and horrible and all this negativity just leaves young people with no hope. You know, and that I,
1: that, that fits with something that 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 happened today. I was so excited to be back at work and start seeing clients face to face and not on doxy, right? And I set this guy down and he's like Man, I've only got a couple more weeks here, and then I've got to go do this. And I said, you know what? Stop, stop. Exactly. Kind of like what you did with Elvis. Where I go, stop, man. You beat your court case. You're off probation. You were able to work and make enough money so that you can go pay your fines in Las Vegas. You're going to be able to move. You're gonna get a month. You're gonna get a month or two free free living at this sle. So I mean, you you got to stop and find some positives, man. There's a lot gone right.
2: Yeah, There's you laid loop- out the you laid out the positives. Yeah, good. And
1: it's just like God dang it. Just take take a look around. There's way more to it than I've only got two more. But people do hyper focus on the negative. That's why you know the th- therapeutic term cognitive re- reframing or cognitive restructuring. We have, to, we have to reframe and restructure and get them to see the it the same day from a different way. And then they learn how to do it. But the negative is it's totally because what do they do? FML,
0: fuck my life. I'm going to make a statement right here, right now. I'm going to make a statement that I've been thinking about for months. If they're not on social media and they're not obsessed with like looking at their phone all the time, they have a better chance at changing their life and having a (laughs) successful life than somebody who's who's not on heroin that is glued to their identity and social media. I think social media is evil. I think it's a waste of time. I urge everyone, I, I tell everyone I know, which luckily half of my friends don't do it. I don't think you should do it. I think it's negative. I think teaching children about it is negative. I think it's an awful poisonous, just just awful thing in our society. At first, I didn't get rid of my accounts. I just deleted the apps off my phone so that I couldn't so easily go to Instagram and see if somebody liked my food that I posted. Or a picture of Elvis that I posted. <laughs> just just do it in stages like a detox. Like just you, get it off your phone. You wean right? yourself off. That's yeah. Suboxone. That's the Suboxone <laughs> way. Just delete the apps off your phone. Your accounts are still active. People are still looking at all your shit all the time.
2: <laughs> you still know where uh, the dealer is and you still got his phone number yeah, in your phone. Yeah, you
0: could... You can go, it's in the cloud, Chuck. Your app's in the cloud. You can go anytime and get it if you want. Your your misery will be refunded in an instant. (laughs) But but I I really do think it's destroying our democracy. It's destroying our children. It's destroying our connection with one another. I think it's a horrible, horrible plague on our society. And I have to be passionate about it and maybe overstated a bit. I just really think it's awful. Kids kill themselves because people—they're bullied online. People, people are ashamed of themselves. People—it's just ugliness and, and divisiveness and mis, misinformation about COVID vaccines and and gay people. And it's just awful. It's an, it's a cesspool. Those fucking scumbags, Zuckerberg and Dorsey, and these fucking assholes—they would fucking listen. They would listen if everyone <laughs> deleted their app, that we don't want this cesspool of hate just because you can make a little bit more money. They've eroded their our faith in each other. And if you just deleted their app, I'm sure some algorithm would tell them, holy shit, like 40 million people deleted the app last night. And they would listen because they're not going to listen As long as people are continuing to stay on those platforms, they're not going to listen. They're going to continue to sell you the echo chamber of hate that you fucking love because it's your (laughs) baser, more disgusting part of you that wants to see people fall down on skateboards and compound fracture their legs and want to see people like all this, just and want to be told that COVID vaccines come from Bill Gates and told all this nonsense. 24 hours a day, seven days a week to every American constantly.
1: So, so that's, the only, that, that's the only way around it because you can't, you can't censor. So the only way around it is to remove yourself from it. Censor,
0: I, sending, But no, but I'm not saying censor. Here's the thing. Sending a message to those two people. There's two people that run the whole thing. Mark Zuckerberg and that Jack Dorsey. Those two motherfuckers. Need to wake up. <laughs> that people do not want the echo chamber of hate that they're being sent. So, are we calling them out? I know they listen. We need
1: to have them on the <laughs> show. I, 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 I saw them in the audience <laughs> <in, in Ohio. laughs>
0: at the Terms I thought no, up. It's, you're living in an echo chamber of hate. And let's face it, you know, I always say America's not the brightest country in the world, actually. There's a way to look at the measure IQ. China's obviously, truthfully, the highest IQ per capita in the world. Then you go to the Scandinavian countries. America's average. So, and America's IQ, average IQ of Americans is about 100, which, which that sounds pretty good. Like that's around functional. But what it doesn't say is there's a lot of really intelligent people in America. And so what it means is there's a lot of not intelligent people in America to get an average.
1: (laughs) You know what I mean? And the not
0: intelligent, (laughs) I'm sorry, the not intelligent Americans are the ones that marched on the Capitol. There's no fucking 140 IQ people up there trust me <laughs> trust you me you mean the
2: antler dude wasn't really that smart <laughs> is that dude. so
0: so so anyways and i think that and why i talk about it is because i think it leads to drug overdose death i think the pessimism that permeates gen uh, millennials in particular and the beginnings of the, the first beginnings of gen zers this pessimism this 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 never can do attitude. Like America always had this can do attitude. Now it has a never can do attitude. Mm-hmm. Right? Never. It'll never happen. Well bullshit, man. It's <laughs> never gonna happen unless you stand up, unless you stand up for what's righteous. Yeah, it's probably not gonna happen. But if you stand by on a train, this happened a couple of days ago in New York City or Long Island or yeah, Long Island Expressway, uh, Long Island uh, Transit thing. If, you, if you're on a train and a woman is being raped, you either intervene or call the police. Nine people just videotaped it, didn't call the police, and one of them uploaded it to YouPorn. That's the society we're living in. That's the society we have allowed these scumbags from these tech social media companies to create. Why were they several people filming a rape on a train? Why? Why, Chuck? ask yourself why because they wanted to post it on their social media and then somehow maybe they become famous or get a bunch of thumbs up or a bunch of likes it's disgusting why would they film it i can understand and it's been going on a long time the the you know the the you know the kind of uh, frozenness when some violence is happening, that people don't act and intervene and they don't be righteous. That goes back to the 50s and 60s in New York City. You felt like, oh, I'm going to get killed if I try to intervene. I understand that. I understand You know, a lot of people in our society are cowards. I accept that, that they're cowards. And at the moment of truth for their brother or sister, or their fellow man, they're going to fucking puss out. I know that. I can't imagine what it's like for that woman and her family. And just like those people who filmed it are a new category of of scumbags. That's just a special kind of new American. Right. And I do believe all this negativity leads to uh, uh, wanting to numb yourself. And now all of a sudden this, this, unconscionable you know c- capitalism where yeah people want fentanyl i'm gonna sell it to them i've had a bunch of kids tell me that i was mm-hmm. like you wouldn't feel bad if they died well that would nah. be on them that would be on them
1: yeah that would be on.
0: A- <laughs> that would be on them <laughs> yeah so so we're, we're living in a in a new era and a lot of people think i'm crazy you know it's always been like this or whatever i don't think it's always been like this I'm pretty attuned. I, I pay a lot of attention to society and people and stories. And I've just always had my whole life. And I've never seen anything like this.
1: You know, it, it's not just us that think it's, it's loony. I think it's just more our age group. But because I had a friend over the other day, we were talking about drugs and drug use. And I, and I, I go, he goes, that just doesn't make any sense. Why would you sell a drug? Because he doesn't live in this. Why would you sell a drug that kills people? I mean, so this is somebody from outside our culture, right? And, and he and he doesn't even, it's just like, that's a terrible business plan. That what's, <laughs> you know, and I, yes, it is. It's a terrible. It's not,
0: it's
1: not a good business model. No, it's a terrible business model. Hey, uh, you know, that'd be like having a club that you can get people in one night and then they're dead and they can never come back. I'd want people, you know, we've talked about that, but whenever I forget, when I'm talking to people that they don't talk about this stuff all the time and they don't live in it and they don't see it. So it's something that doesn't really cross their mind until it hits a niece, a nephew. Yeah.
0: um, But they always talk to us when their kids on drugs or kids dies. I get, you know, I've had the, the one thing that living a long time gives you the luxury of I've had friends that 20 years ago, 30 years ago, they were like, yeah, fuck you guys and your drugs. You're all a bunch of idiots. Right. And then they get married, and then they have a child, and then their child turns into a teenager, and then their child is on drugs. Guess who mm-hmm. they call? The guy, they, the, were dismissive, the, the the guy they were dismissive of and calling an idiot. <laughs> they, call, <laughs> right? they call us idiots, right? don't they? They call the an idiot. <laughs> and and <laughs> they
1: trust us idiots with their and children's that, that's lives. That's the <laughs> thing, that they
0: trust the idiots now. <laughs> yep. But I, whenever... Whenever the idea of the fentanyl dope dealer who doesn't have a conscience and doesn't care if people die or whatever. I always think of the text that the Mac Miller drug dealer sent his friend the next day when Mac Miller, the art music artist yeah. died. Um, he said, I think I'm in real trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Did he ever you get think, in trouble? Think? Yeah, he got in real trouble. He, he was right. He, he thinks he's in real trouble because so, they had text messages between Mac Miller and him. The night of when he bought the drugs, the fentanyl-laced, what was it? Fentanyl-laced Valium or something, Mm. right? And so, Mm. so just because you're wanting to get high doesn't mean you're not a human being that it matters whether you die or not. And that's what this seems to be. This seems to be pushing that issue. And this is why this is. But you why, don't think it's. Do you don't think that what I'm talking about, why the dealers deal it is a part of the dehumanization in America? One hundred social media and technology. For sure. It is human life doesn't matter.
1: No, no. Yeah. I mean, you can say you know, 20,000, 30,000 people are dead from something or say 100,000 people overdose and people go, Oh, it's not that much, you know, but I was looking at, uh, you know, 100,000 people is tw- two times Vietnam, but the, the, I was looking at Singapore because Singapore is going to kill another person for bringing marijuana into the country. Oh my God. <laughs> and, and they only have like 17 overdose deaths a year.
0: <laughs> yeah, <that's not> a <laughs> wrong one. I know. Well, Iran, which seventeen a year? Well, I've been saying that about Iran forever. Iran, a country very dear to me, Chrissy's homeland and my wife's homeland. My children are half Iranian. Um, uh, In Iran, they they have like a three. It's like three strikes and you're out thing. So if you get caught with drugs, they chop off your hand. Right. (laughs) That's rough. (laughs) kind of is wow. <laughs> in the rural areas they, they like beat you, you up go to a job interview chop oh, on, chop <laughs> a finger or whatever and this is now spread into Iraq and it's always been in Afghanistan i think it's in egypt too and so there's there's literally the death penalty for drugs at a certain point like and when i said well, I went to 24 rehabs and they were like, oh, you'd be dead a long time. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, re- it's like a reverse <laughs> hangman game. You
2: start with all your parts and you slowly lose pieces. till so you're just the Right. A stick. Yeah, right. <laughs> with just one hand. You can only steal like one falafel. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's rough.
2: Uh, I had a royal family from Egypt's kid
0: who was educated in the West. They're like, they're all educated in London. And he's from London, right? And he was an addict. And he would go back home and he would use it as a way to clean up in Alexandria or something. But then he would, you know, go to London to get high. And then you know how that goes, Chuck. You know how this story goes, right? And it's just like when he told me this story, like he used to always only get high in London, right? And okay. Then when he be in when he be in Egypt in Alexandria, he would not be high because you get in trouble. You get five years in prison for possession, and you know execution for for uh, multiple offenses and whatever. So he never use until eventually using in Egypt seemed like a good idea. And, you know, eventually it's just like <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm really this. It's not as big of a risk as I was
1: thinking. I just <laughs> hey, got hey, to be smart about
0: it. I got to be smart about it. So I waited. When I first did heroin, it was like, you know, it was a scary thing. Like we would, you would have to go to somebody's house. They'd have to trust you. Right. And then they'd sell it to you. You'd hide it somewhere on your body. If you were walking, which a lot of times I was walking, but you know, I, then when I started buying a lot, once I had money, I would buy, like when I was living with Fashante, I would buy a bunch of Coke, like, you know, and, two ounces of coke and like you know we used to have this uh five thousand twenty five hundred so we get five thousand dollars worth of heroin and twenty five hundred dollars worth of coke that's a lot chuck it's a lot yeah. so then I would take I would take the um I would take the I, I had a, a car where it had the the tire was up in the back behind the back seat. Mm-hmm. I would unscrew the tire I would tape it up inside the tire the spare tire, then I would screw the thing back on, then cover it back up with the carpet, and then I would drive home and I'd go take it out and bring it in. Eventually, I just have that shit sitting on the front seat. You know?
1: <laughs> yeah, right. 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 You, you, it's a I serial killer thing. So you got sloppy. Conscious,
0: so conscious, like, there's no way of explaining this for personal use. I mean, I could try to explain for Shante, but I'm sure the police are not going to believe me. Yeah. <laughs> right? Well, I I
1: wouldn't. Yeah.
0: Like no one can use this for personal use. No, this is personal use, sir. I'm sorry. (laughs) No, they're not going to go for it. But eventually you get so confident you're driving like that. Then eventually I'm just like, Taking the heroin and snorting a little bit at intersections. Out of the
1: <laughs> <laughs> you're putting it on the dashboard and the horn.
0: And go, oh, look at this! There's so much and of so that's, shit. that's how this kid was about about Egypt, and then he got caught, and his family lost their minds, and he got sent to me for a year. A year of a drug year? treatment. Ooh. A year. Good are like getting caught one time. That's how serious the Middle East and Singapore take drug problems.
1: Oh yeah. Oh and
0: guess yeah. Guess what? You don't have a lot of drug problems. You don't have a lot of drug problems in in Egypt. You have you have some drug problems in Iran. There really is an underswell. In Afghanistan, it's weird. They produce the heroin, but yet they don't have a big heroin problem in the major couple of major cities there, Kabul and the other one. And but there's major problems for the people who who grow it and farm it and convert it and package it and whatever. And it seems like the Taliban who runs the drug trade there kind of like that because the workforce doesn't kind of just evaporate away, right? You don't have <laughs> yeah, to get new yeah.
2: growers and whatever. They kind of stay close to the fields. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. In America, you could cut off their thumb because, like without the thumb, you can't really shoot up. You see how you think you need it for both. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like to hard. hold it like this and to hold it or like this, attacks. you gotta have something to push would- the plunger in. That's your thumb. <laughs>
0: yeah. You know what? I yeah, believe the shooting be. drugs. I don't know about Orange County, but I don't get a lot of drug shooters at Aloe. We don't get hardly any. Really, I think kids are
2: just smoking it and snorting. What is it. wrong with the world? That is what I'm talking about, right Well, I there. think,
0: I think, honey, I think Orange <laughs> County's a little, you know, Orange County's always a little behind LA County. Let's face it, guys. Can we get some right? old
2: school, just fucking <laughs> heroin
0: shooters, man? <laughs> Jeez. Well,
2: the no, problem is they don't know if them. they're
0: getting heroin. They, they, they this kid that that's co-worker thought he was you know heroin we're talking about shit. business
2: models though. So couldn't somebody come up with like a, a way to be like the pure heroin dealer right like no fentanyl allowed in my shit you know we that's what i resurgent. would think I, that's yeah. what, we already I'm, I'm,
1: did that with the don't die heroin
0: and the don't die mess oh, and
2: yeah,
0: the don't well, die yeah. cocaine just get don't, the don't die cocaine hey the the uh it t- came out you know this is another thing i don't understand Chuck, I can find out everything that's in your system in 12 hours and to what degree, right? Because we have regular lab, allo, but we also can send it in quantified, right? And get the results right. back in 12 hours. Right. How come it takes three months for the coroner to find out what somebody died of? Huh. I've never <laughs> that- been able to understand that.
1: Maybe. Like, can't maybe- they? Maybe they're underfunded. They got long ass lines or they just want to come up with a story first. It gives them time to put together a story.
0: Because I thought it is hard to get a urine sample from a dead person. But so I thought what they need is this big. They they need a big, long needle. That, that they stick into the bladder of the person and get that pee out and send it to our lab and we'll have everything they're on in 12 hours, <laughs> not four months, three months. So this Boston Bruins a hockey player, 31 years old, just had his first baby. Life is a dream. Unbelievable. Just was dead like three months ago. Came out yesterday. He died of fentanyl, uh, fentanyl-laced cocaine. And, and just like it took him three months to figure that shit out. The guy is a hockey player, probably one of the healthiest people in the city of Boston. He's 31 years old. He just sired a child. He's probably a pretty healthy guy. I don't think he died of natural causes, Chuck. And it took them three months to find out that he died of co- fentanyl-laced cocaine. And Unbelievable. So by,
1: by then, what, where is the trail to find out who's selling that? How many yeah. other people that weren't famous died too? And that, to, that's the thing that, that just sucks, just because I, I know when we've had that happen to people that we know, and you tell the police, dude, they bought it from OfferUp. They bought it. This is the last number on their phone. This is where it is. It just seems like there's just such not a such hurry. A,
0: because there's not a hurry because they're drug addicts and who cares? That's the truth. I don't think America's ever going to shake that, right? you know, here's the thing. What's so uh, now I'm going to get myself in trouble. Okay. I got to do that once every, (laughs) once every Uh, couple, once every couple months. Do you want me to interrupt you or anything like that? (laughs) Uh, I'm just going to say, Hey Mike, when I call you later tonight and say, cut that stuff out, don't cut it out. But I'm going to say this right now. (laughs) (laughs) So when you're 300 pounds and you have diabetes and you have the beginnings of heart disease Mark the tape. And you choose not to be vaccinated and you get COVID and die. It sounds harsh, but come on now. And just if you're not going to have any sympathy for the drug addict who dies accidentally from fentanyl, do we really have to have sympathy for this person? I think you can choose
2: to have sympathy or not. I don't really choose to have sympathy for that person. (laughs) 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 <laughs> that chuck? chuck just got you know, chuck
0: just got really quiet because he's got well, a lot of friends that he could describe as that no but, no, most but of I, I, you know i'm all sympathetic towards people who can't be in shape and people who who have diabetes caused by their own behavior for the, a lot of times i have sympathy for that i know how hard it is you know i know i know life is difficult i and i see that As part of the strain of addiction in America, I really do. But when you have all the information about COVID and your health risk risk factors and you choose not to get vaccinated, though you have five small children, I, I just like, I don't know what to think.
1: This is where your evil that you were talking about earlier plays a huge part. Because when I talk to people and I ask them lately, I've been asking, what's your source? And people the are LA offended. Times. People, Times. but but people are offended when I ask them what is your source? Because they go, "Oh, you can like uh, uh, my sister-in-law said you can can t- you can continue past testing positive for COVID a month after you have it." And I go, I, I told my wife, I go, "What's the source on that?" People repeating things and misinformation getting out, deliberate misinformation because people want they, they take a joy in misleading people or leading people down wrong paths. And, and it's all over the internet. This is
0: a this is a pretty famous case. It was here in the IE. They lived here. they one was a school teacher. One was they both died. Both parents died, left five children behind. Oh, I believe and, you. I'm not saying and, I doubt your and, story. And I and I did feel a tremendous amount of sadness for that family and for that for those children for sure. I think when you have children, you have to give up some of your opinions. Right because that's all it is about COVID vaccine. It's just an opinion. It's just right. a fucking opinion. Like my opinion that the Lakers, the Lakers are, you know, not the best team in basketball, no matter what, a, what Flea says, that's just an opinion. right? <laughs> we both have opinions. Everybody has an opinion about COVID and I, everybody who's anti-vaccine, the good arguments were I'm a healthy person. I don't mind building up the antibodies. I that's, that's that. That's a good argument. Okay. I don't yeah. want to put something in my body that I don't need. I can. Fight I'm healthy. Disease, I, I exercise.
1: I eat well. I don't have
0: pre-existing conditions. Perfect. Yeah. But, but still, I would think like, well, what's the harm in doing a vaccine? But people see these vaccines as really scary, you know, because of what they've been told by the internet. Yeah, well, it started with Jenny. It started with Jenny McCarthy and the measles vaccine of causing autism. So, and then it just has built on that. Um, but, but the misinformation about about immunization in general. I mean, I have a lot of friends that are they're not anti-vaxxers they think it's great if you want to get vaccinated get vaccinated but they're not going to get vaccinated that's fine to me too and i know a lot of our liberal friends are like they're killing our children like no they're not it's calm down a bit so um but when you have all these health risks you can just you know it you know it when i weighed 225 pounds i knew like i'm out of breath going up the stairs i knew when you can't see your penis when you're sitting down to pee i knew (laughs) (laughs) that was one of (laughs) my that was a lot of information let's unpack that
2: (laughs) bob Bob, you combine that with shitting on the back of your shirt too i
0: I shit on the back of my shirt yeah that one chuck right yeah well no i was sitting there when of all people this was years ago when I was that big. Of all people who kind of used to shame bait me or whatever, Xander used to like Bobby and he touched me around the middle. We can't have a singer that's all big in the middle there, Bobby. <laughs> you got to you, you gotta play bass at that point. And, you know, <laughs> and you know what it was? It was beer. I was drinking like 30 beers a day and I love yep. those fat burgers. You know, that's another thing. Like when it, it's just like addiction, eating is just like addiction, and I've had that too. So me and Norwood used to live together when I was much bigger. and, and, uh, and we both loved fat burger. But Norwood is skinny as a fucking rail, always has been the same size the whole time <laughs> I've known him thirty five years. <coughs> same. So we would go, we'd get drunk, we'd go out to club, we'd be drunk, we'd get home, let's go to fat burger. So then we go to fat burger. Uh, the main one we went to was on Vermont and Hollywood Boulevard. It's still there, but there's one down by his mom's house too on La Cienega. So it depends on where we were, what fat burger we're going to. And I would initially, I would always get, you know, just a single cheese with a little bit of chili on there. Chuck, remember that? This, the single one, hardly any meat in there. It's just like, it's so tiny. It's just a tiny little fat burger.
1: And (laughs) it's a fat burger, though. (laughs) Like
0: three years later, I'm like getting the triple. Give me the triple. (laughs) Give me the, give me the french fries. But I'm in a healthy mood. Don't put chili on the French fries. I'm going to have and ketchup. A, <laughs> I'm going to have ketchup on the French fries. Thank you very much. But give me <laughs> And the a triple, turkey baster with a The triple fucking <laughs> meat fat burger, which, by the way, because it becomes so tall, they put a ton of chili in there, too. The thing is, nice. like, I don't see if it, it's about six inches around and it's about three and a half inches tall. And I would eat the whole thing. Just yum, yum, yum. <laughs> right. <laughs> and yeah. then I wondered. And then I and Xander's telling me, Xander's telling me I'm getting too fat to be the singer of a band. And I was like, holy moly. And then, but all that kind of was rattling around in my head. But I one time, because I sit down to pee, I don't know, I've probably told the story. I was raised in a house of my mom and three sisters. So the toilet seat was always down. And when you're the only boy, my dad was not home a lot. When you're the only boy, you get yelled at so much for leaving the toilet seat up. Right. We've heard
2: the story about why you pee sitting down. I'm still baffled, but I just started peeing sitting down when I was like, I don't know, eight years
0: old or something. I just have always peed sitting down. I enjoy it every time you tell it. And I was sitting down (laughs) peeing. (laughs) And Xander had just Uh. joked at me at rehearsal. And, and I had known that I'm eating so much, so much. And you, you know, you got to get bigger clothes, bigger, bigger clothes to cover up your biggerness. And, uh, and I looked down and my stomach stuck out like eight inches past and there was no vision straight (laughs) down into that. And that's what, that's when I went to the person who knows nutrition, Anthony Kiedis, my friend, he goes, you got to cut out fat burger. And I was like, oh, but I yeah, he says, uh, yeah. he's such a knowledgeable nutritionist. <laughs> yeah. Like he said, said you, you eat like shit, you eat fat <laughs> burger all the time? You can't eat like that. And I was like, it is delicious. <laughs>
2: if you just, if you just yeah. stop eating the fat burgers and quit drinking <laughs> the 35 beers, I think probably- yeah, <laughs> you probably
0: if you cut the beer out if you cut so that was probably in like 80 what 89 mike 80 yeah, when yeah. whenever Xander was in the band 890, 90 probably and 90 so, so so was 90, the so 90 so chuck in 1990 i weighed like and i'm saying 225 it's probably like 235 i'm five foot nine would weigh <laughs> 235 so that's when wow. i made this great decision i I did cut down on fat burger, but not cut it out completely because I wanted to be moderate about that. But what I did cut out was the beer and straight heroin and cocaine straight heroin. Good so to see. Chuck, are you following me? I was out of shape, I was overweight, I was sick. I was on the verge of getting diabetes, and all I did was reduce my fat burger intake <laughs> 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 deep decrease my beer down to literally nothing if it was around i'd have a few and increase my heroin and cocaine consumption and guess what by 1992 i look like a skeleton
1: (laughs) good for you So that's what you're recommending is heroin and cocaine. So if
0: you want, no, what I'm saying is if you don't want the COVID vaccine, you're going to have to get on the cocaine
1: heroin <laughs> diet. <laughs> that's Dr. Bob.
2: There's emerging <laughs> messages here, Bob. <laughs>
1: yeah, but, uh, but I'm there uh, because he was five thousand, almost 5,000 calories a day just in beer. He had to get rid of that. And then the, the cocaine probably, probably didn't need the heroin if you just did the cocaine. Oh, you always need the
0: heroin with the cocaine. <laughs> do you, oh. do you, I don't know if you've ever, you know, I don't know if you've ever uh, uh, just only used the cocaine without the heroin. It's yeah. not a pretty sight after about three days.
1: It gets, you know, what's funny? It, this is funny. I, I was talking to a guy who didn't go to the funeral today, who knew Darren forever, and he just couldn't, didn't have it in him to go. And he goes, man, I, I watched that movie. About Bob, he goes, "That was hard fucking core." And I go, "Which movie's that?" And he goes, "The The Bob and the Monster." He goes, "He was fucked up." And I go, "I know. That's what's great is that he he was that thing, and he's not that thing anymore." And then you get on here and tell people to do heroin and cocaine. I'm at a loss. <laughs> Good job, Bob. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, maybe I, maybe we need to edit
2: this. <laughs> No, no but it
0: really did work Its just going
2: right? out the way it is, man <laughs> I, so, just like this
0: but but getting back to the point is i when like those comedians I keep thinking about it and your friend like these are people that have no intention of dying tonight, no intention of it. It's not right. like there's a whole contingent of my of my uh, my like client crowd that that they they really don't they could go out at any day right? They, okay. They're really on the verge of death and they don't know it. But recreational drug users are dying. You know, drug counselors after
2: the first time they go out are dying. Like this yeah. is crazy. I have a little take on that, Bob, and that is the shame of using heroin is great. And if you're using heroin and stuff, you're not going to admit. You're going to say, "Oh, it was in the cocaine." Oh, it was blah blah blah. A lot of these cases, a lot of these cases are because they don't want to admit that they were using some fentanyl. Well, they're dead. They're not PRing. Yeah, themselves. yeah nobody's. <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> but that's how. That's why the shame has to stop. You know? Yeah, but you three know, to
1: six months later, they get the results, and it's cocaine. A friend with just my, A teeny I, bit of. Okay, fentanyl. but
2: who do, who does co- who does cocaine and doesn't know there's fentanyl in it? Who can't look I think at comedians, it? I think who can't comedians? look at it and because it that. can be white.
0: Well, let me yeah. let me ask you this. Okay, let me ask you this. so
2: stay in the dark. I'll leave
0: you with this, which which kind of makes it made me think. I'm still thinking about it. it happened like four three years ago. A friend of mine's kid died of drugs. And he didn't want to know what it was, he didn't want to know where it came from. He didn't want to know nothing. He just knew that he had lost his child, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I kept trying to bring it up, and he was like, what does it matter? He's fucking dead.
2: It doesn't, yeah.
0: It right. doesn't really matter. Yeah. So, right. But what does matter is preventing the next death. That really matters. And, but- and so we have to warn people, there's fentanyl in the coke, there's fentanyl in the meth. There's fentanyl in the dope. There's fentanyl in the fentanyl. Fentanyl is here to stay. <laughs> fentanyl, There's coffee in the fentanyl, coffee. <laughs> fentanyl like COVID ain't going nowhere. It is here to stay. COVID's going to be with us for the next five years. So is fentanyl. Get used to it. Let's become better at dealing with it. Let's become more kind of smart about it. Let's, let's do everything we can to, you know, keep people from dying. That's all right. Yeah.
1: That's the name of the show. And that that's what it's really about. And that that's really
0: is. what, what I've been about forever. Here's an interesting side note that just makes me laugh. So Dodger, <laughs> interesting segue. <laughs> it's a, it's, it's, it's just, it's, like, I don't know if this is helping or this is just lip service to like acting like you're helping at Dodger stadium, which the Dodgers had a triumphant victory today. Cody Bellinger, might go down in history as the second most famous hit in Dodger history. And just three episodes today.
2: ago, three episodes ago, you said they had no chance. Yeah, just don't listen to me.
0: They are going <laughs> to win the World Series. <laughs> if they play like they did today, they're going to win the World Series. But, um, but at the Hunter Stadium, I don't know if I told you this before, you have to wear your mask yes. walking in and you have to wear your mask when you're at the concession stand, but you don't have to wear your mask in your seat. Right. Where they're sneezing all over the back and of your screaming,
2: head. And screaming. Uh, do you know, at the top do of their you know
0: if there was any COVID in Dodger stadium today, it spread to every single person in the uh, stadium because the Dodgers, it was the craziest come from behind victory of all time. It was the craziest.
2: That's it, right. That makes no sense the mask, the, the, the way they're oh my God. the fucking thing. It oh doesn't make any God. fucking sense. I have to get oh up and go to God. the bathroom. You have to get where put a mask on, but sitting in your seat, you can take it off and scream and yell and spit on the person next to you. Yeah, and spit on the
0: it's crazy. I don't
2: think that's yeah. helping.
0: But I just saw here's I'm watching the Lakers game with the sound off. I just saw my friend with his kid, and I saw his kid two years ago, and he was a little boy like Sydney, like a little child. And now I just saw him sitting next to him at the Laker game. He's like a man. How does that happen, <laughs> Chuck? So fast? How do they grow so fast? No, but I mean, he's got the hair up and he's got the jewelry on. And how do kids grow up so fucking fast?
1: Yeah. It's crazy.
0: <laughs> I, it really I don't is. like it. I don't like it. I like them when they're tiny and little. I like, I'm going to make. I'm gonna to try to stunt Idris's development. I'm just gonna to try to hold him as a baby, put him in diapers when he's three. No, you're not, you're not three. You're like
1: one. You're you need to bind him.
0: <laughs> yeah, like, <I'm> like, <laughs> keep him a child. Like Chinese because, feet. Yeah, because Sid's already, you know, Sid already texts stuff. Like text, she'll text me in the house. She has a phone that she watches stuff on. She's texted me the other night. What are you doing? Like she did, she's in the living room, I'm in my office watching baseball. I was like watching Dodgers. And she goes, she texts back, this is a five year old little girl, ladies and gentlemen. She texts us, should I come in there and watch? I was like, yes, come in. And she came in and we watched the Dodgers. Oh, I'm like, very adult. <laughs> that's a five year old. They're growing up too fast.
2: Just give us some positive message, Bob. The Dodgers are going to win the World Series. There's no doubt in my mind. See you guys. Have a good night. See you
0: later, you guys. Bye. You too. Bye-bye.